Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. It's uh, super exciting. I mean, you know, for all of us, we've been we've been talking about it lots ever since we all got picked. And um, to be here in, in this city with... You know, so these people have shown shown so much support to uh, us and, and the franchise, and um, you know, I can't really put into words how, how good it feels to kind of you know get started and, and have this um, you know journey begin for all of us. So uh, you know, I'm super pumped to to be part of the Blackhawks organization. Part of the Blackhawks organization, Canadian. indeed he is. Yes, yeah. he is. He's Canadian. He's Connor Bedard. Welcome and welcome back. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. We're sitting in for Mully and Haw today on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score. We're going to go to the Score Hotline. It's presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome to the show Ben Pope of the Sun-Times. He covers the Blackhawks. He writes about hockey. His life is all Connor Bedard all the time now hmm. with, with a little bit of Marcel Marcel, which we'll get to that, a, a player so... Nice and funny. They named him twice. Welcome to the show, Ben. How are you? Thanks for having me. That's a, a very accurate description of life right now. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So you're right. The Pope writing about hockey Jesus, and and nothing is too small. And the the kid's 17. He handles himself in my what I've seen better than a 17 year old. Certainly better than he hold. <clears throat> I couldn't hold my water at 17 if I were in this kind of situation. Give us, what do you think? Give us a rundown of the profile of the person, of just your early thoughts, your early uh, ideas of what he's like and what he may be, how he will handle what he'll face here. Yeah, I I have also been extremely impressed by uh, his personality coming in and being so grounded and humble and not really phased by all the pressure and spotlight. I mean, just based on his talent alone, the Blackhawks were going to have to select him first overall. There's really no question about that. So they've really gotten quite lucky that it turned out that the the guy who was the most talented in this draft class was also the most mature. Um, and it's because there are, there are, there've been other players of the years, other players this year where super talented, but maybe some questions about the character or the personality or, um, would just take some time to grow into this kind of role. Uh, but that is not the case with Bedard. I mean, he has uh, handled this extremely well on all fronts. And uh, talking to people who've known him for years, um, this is just the kind of guy he is. It's not like he's been media trained into this or some kind of front he's putting on. He's he's known for being um, a, a really grounded, humble guy who uh, he's just a normal 17-year-old on one hand. Like he... He talks like a 17-year-old, and he 
um, is just kind of a normal guy, but but he also doesn't seem to get phased by all the attention and spotlight and um, is, is disciplined, is, is focused on hockey. Uh, the, the kind of rumor was or story was from training camp this week, uh, development camp, they're doing it off ice only this year. Um, and he had still brought his skates anyway, was trying to convince the team to let him go on the ice anyway because he, he's just that dedicated to his training. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all true what you've heard. He's certainly been um, very impressive off the ice as well as on it so, so far. Ben, it's, uh, it is amazing when you talk about it, especially because he is, I mean, 17. It's like just graduating high school, right, or whatever your, your, your personal equivalent is to that. All right, so imagine now you're thrust into being the centerpiece of a, a, a franchise rebuild and, and everyone in the world is expecting all of this and more from you, right? I mean, it's got to be some pretty heady stuff. But you said, so he's been, he's been lauded like this, you know, going forward. I mean, this was one of those, you know, can't miss type prospects. So you're saying he's, he's been preparing for this for, for several years now. Yeah, I mean, he completely refused to acknowledge that he would be the number one pick until it happened. So on one front, it's not like he's been thinking of himself in that light, but um, he has been kind of seen as this future star for years. It's not like in another sport where we would see somebody coming through college and playing in those kind of huge roles. Like hockey certainly a little different in that way, but this past season with the Regina Pats, his junior team, uh, he was, kind of a minor celebrity um, talking to his coach and GM there. Um, they would be traveling around by bus in Western Canada. They get to hotels at 3 a.m. in various cities, and there'd be groups of people there waiting for his autograph. They get to hotels at 9 a.m. I mean, arenas at 9 a.m. for morning skate, and there'd be people there waiting for his autograph. They, he was um, selling out every arena they went to. They went to, had 20 straight road sellouts. Um, and at home, there was buzz, too. We couldn't go to the grocery store without getting um, recognized. And this is as a 16-, 17-year-old junior hockey player who's not even really on TV that much. So he has been in the spotlight, um, at least by hockey standards, quite a bit for a while. And his performance at the World Junior Championships in December, January with Canada um, kind of made him a sensation as well. He really carried them to that gold medal, and those were on national TV. So... He is used to the spotlight already. It's certainly going to increase now that he's in the NHL and playing in a huge market like Chicago, but uh, it's not a totally unfamiliar experience for him. Ben Pope was our guest. He covers the Blackhawks for the Sun-Times. We're talking Blackhawks and hockey Jesus, Connor Bedard. By the way, he broke Gretzky's record for scoring a junior, uh, World Juniors. He, he got more points than Gretzky. When you've done that, you've done something. That's, that's something good. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's because most people who speak hockey only speak three words, and it used to be Gretzky, Lemieux, and Hull, mm-hmm. and now it's Connor Bedard. And by the way, three words I know, Kyle from Chicago. I, ben, I would have <laughs> loved for Kyle from Chicago to have been asked, were you surprised he was still on the board when you selected? That yeah, I would that I would have loved. Uh, that was certainly the case with the 19th pick, Oliver Moore. But uh, I, it would have been interesting to see his reaction <laughs> for that pick, question for the first pick. So he's he's gone about this in an interesting way. What he has done is have the the most celebrated, you know, the transcendent talent of. 
whatever generation you want to call this. And he surrounded him. He made a deal for, for Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno, two guys who were respected for their game, for their leadership, for their professionalism. He also signed Corey Perry, who, for the, if you don't speak hockey, that's like bringing Dennis Rodman to the Bulls <laughs> or A.J. Pierzynski to the Sox. Thank you. That's, that's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's what you're doing. And yet, Corey Perry's a guy who's hated by everybody except his teammates. So what do you think of and what has Kyle from Chicago said about this surrounding this young talent who has captain written all over him but not this week? Surrounding him with veterans who have playoff experience, professional experience, have a lot of NHL experience. Yeah, it's interesting um, that they decided to move on from from Kane and Taze when their contracts expired this spring, um, but then brought in all this veteran talent, and I asked him about that. Uh, His explanation is that um, when there's Kane and Taze, everyone just automatically defers to them. There's no question about it. Um, and it kind of overshadowed everyone else, like uh, not really anything of their own doing, but it was just hard to become a leader when we had guys of that level of reverence in the locker room. Um, and the idea with bringing in Paul, Polino, and Perry is that they are very experienced leaders who will be able to provide a lot of mentorship, but they're not such a big deal in Chicago that they'll be the only leaders. The idea is that, he wants Bedard, he wants Lucas Reichel, he wants some of the other young players coming in to, to grow into leaders themselves and be able to learn from those veterans um, and work alongside them eventually rather than have those guys just telling them what to do. So that's kind of the logic here, and uh, certainly those three guys are going to be able to provide a lot of experience. Nick Foligno is the former Blue Jackets captain, and talking to him is truly one of the most like well-liked, well-spoken guys around the league. Corey Perry, obviously, is a little different. Uh, fans have, have been a bit upset about that, but uh, I think the Dennis Rodman comparison is 100% accurate. It, it, he probably will start to be a lot more liked now that he's wearing uh, red <laughs> jersey. Um, and then Taylor Hall is still a very good player in addition to a leader. I mean, he could still be a 60-point guy, and uh, he's a former league MVP, he's, and it sounds like he's pretty motivated to prove that he can still be that kind of caliber of player now that he'll be getting more playing time that he hadn't necessarily been getting the past couple of years in Boston. So uh, those seem like three solid additions. They're not going to make the Hawks into a playoff team this coming season, but they should be able to provide Bedard some support and some mentorship. Ben, if you're Luke Richardson and, and you've got the, uh, you know, the awesome task here of, of inserting Bedard into this roster and meshing, you know, the veterans in, what, what's your strategy? How do you go about it? What do you think he's going to do to to make this as smooth as possible for the kid? Well, it, it doesn't seem like he's really going to need that much. Um, after development camp this week, he'll go back home to Vancouver and just relax and train and uh, hopefully get a little time out of the spotlight. And then uh, once training camp comes around in September, uh, I'm sure they'll try to get him playing with different combinations to see – what works best and just get him comfortable with everyone on the current roster. But I expect him to be on the first line um, on opening night, whether he'll be playing center is maybe a little less certain. I could see them potentially try to ease him in on wing uh, if only for the face-off issue. But 
Um, he's going to be playing a lot right off the bat, and he's going to be expected to uh, to handle that because every indication has been that he will be able to handle that. Um, but really the, the one thing that will help out is that team expectations will be pretty low this year. I mean, they're not expecting to contend for the playoffs. They're not really expecting to be significantly better than last year. So um, if they're losing most of the time, it won't be – a ton of heat on him. Now, if he's not producing, that it could be a little different. I think no matter what the organization tries to do to, to shelter him, uh, just the attention he's going to get around the city and around the league is going to inevitably create quite a lot of pressure anyway. But um, really, it's just going to be, you know, giving him the freedom to, to kind of figure things out himself. And that, that seems like the kind of situation that, that Bedard will be able to handle pretty well. Following up on that, Ben, what what can you tell us for for as Steve says for the those of us that don't speak hockey as fluently as you do, for for future or past guys, you know McDavid comes to mind that came in with this you know can't miss hype. What did they look like as rookies? Were they immediately dominant? Are they guys that are going to come? Mario, in and, Mario Mario scored on his first shot in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Well, um, if, it, it it depends kind of on the. On the player, um, with McDavid, we saw him uh, immediately be kind of a star off the bat. Other guys maybe take a little bit longer. Um, He's almost certainly not going to be his peak self right away. Um, Even with McDavid, despite him immediately doing well, he's certainly grown since then. I mean, he wasn't a a 100-plus point player right off the bat. Um, But it it just depends on the player, and I think uh, certainly – I would expect him to be one of the team's leading scorers this coming season. Uh, I think it would be disappointing if he wasn't, Um, but he's also not going to be a totally finished product. So I guess it's somewhere in between would be my best uh, explanation of that. Talk of Blackhawks hockey with Ben Pope. He covers the Hawks for the Sun-Times. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito in for Molly and Haw. The, The word you used earlier was expectations, and it's a, it's a very incendiary word, and it gets coaches fired. It gets coaches who are trying to coach transcendent talent fired. Nobody I, – I, you go back and look at some of the transcendent talent, the clear number one, the, the, the number one you'd tank for kind of guy, and the Penguins did in order to get Mario. They tanked. They got him. The coach is fired after three years. Expectations are what they are. When the when the Flyers acquired Eric Lindros, that guy was traded to two different teams, and there were three others in the bidding, and he wouldn't play in Quebec. <clears throat> Bill Deneen lasted one season. Alex Ovechkin got Glenn Hanlon fired after two seasons. Sidney Crosby came in, and the coach then didn't last until Christmas. By the way, that coach was Eddie Olchuk. He was fired by before Christmas, and Mario quit the next day. And then there's McDavid and Todd McClellan lasted longer, three years, which is longer than most coaches do. So Luke Richardson, coaches of guys like Connor Bedard, don't get to raise the cup with that guy. Has Luke Richardson talked about that being the expectations are going to be it's it's Luke Richardson's fault, Richardson's fault, not Connor Bedard's. How do you think? Luke Richardson deals with that. Yeah, that's a really good question um, and a really good example of, of all those previous cases. Um, it, uh, the 
thing is, Richardson did extremely well last year, but he did do so with absolutely zero expectations, as you point out. Um, he created a good morale in the locker room. Uh, he put in effective systems for the talent that he had, which, which wasn't much. Um, he sort of organized the team. He brought in good assistance. Like, he really checked every box that he could have this past season, but um, it was on the tanking team where losing was kind of better uh, for the long term. So there wasn't really that many ways he could have failed. Um, not to take anything away from the work he, he did. So certainly things are going to change a little bit for him now. Like I, it's, even if the team isn't really going to be expected to be that good this coming season, um, how he handles Bedard is going to be scrutinized a lot more closely than anything he did last year. Every indication so far is that I think he will be able to, to do a good job with that. Uh, he's already proven to be a really good players coach. He has a great relationship um, with everyone who's played under him. Um, he's, uh, he's gotten the best out of some players who aren't blessed with the same amount of talent as Bedard, but um, have still managed to make it into the NHL. Um, but certainly we haven't seen how, how he coaches a special generational player like this. I mean, not many coaches ever get that kind of opportunity right when they're coming into the NHL. So it's going to be an interesting thing, and that's certainly going to be a big storyline this season is how Richardson handles Bedard and how their relationship unfolds. Um, it doesn't sound like they've really gotten to know each other too much yet. They've just had one or two initial conversations um, the past week or so, um, considering Richardson isn't super involved in the drafting process. But uh, So you're right, that will be an interesting one to follow. And the Blackhawks certainly believe that Richardson is the guy who will not only sort of shepherd them through the rebuild, but will lead them out on the other side. Um, but, uh, of course, uh, NHL coaching lives are, are typically pretty <laughs> short. So uh, it's, it's going to take um, a, a strong performance by him to make that actually be the case. So uh, just playing the numbers, I mean, yeah, you never, you never know. Often it doesn't last that long, but we'll, we'll just have to see how things pan out. Hey, Ben, before we let you go, you mentioned Oliver Moore, and, and I know this is general manager speak regardless of sport. We couldn't believe he was there. He was so much higher on our board, blah, 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 blah. Well, they said all those things about Oliver Moore when they took him at 19. What can you share with our listeners about Moore? I know he's a center just like Bedard, but uh, in terms of uh, what his future might look like. Yeah, he's uh, certainly going to be a top prospect for this team as well. Um, but in, in the case of most prospects who aren't named Bedard, uh, it is going to take him a little while to um, really get to a point where fans would be noticing him that much. Um, most mock drafts had him going in like the 10th to 12th range, and uh, Davidson did seem legitimately shocked that he fell to 19th. The Blackhawks have been trying to trade up to get him for an hour or so, um, and then it just so happened that he fell to their original pick. Um, but uh, he's known as one of the best skaters, maybe the best skater in the draft, um, which is certainly the thing that the Davidson has been prioritizing most of all the past couple of years with his uh, additions. Um, he's headed to the University of Minnesota next year where he'll be rooming with uh, Sam Renzel, who's a defenseman the Hawks took in the late first round last year. And he'll probably need at least one or two years at Minnesota before turning pro and um, he's certainly not going to be in nearly as fast a track to Bedard to start him, but uh, he's certainly a guy that the Blackhawks believe could be a future top six center for them 
a few years down the line. You know, all the guys we talked about earlier, the transcendent talents, Mario and Lindros, Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, McDavid. Crosby, no wonder he's Bedard's idol because he's under six foot. He's the only one of that group under six feet, like Bedard, right? Bedard's a, not a, the problem with small guys are usually fast, but once they get caught, they stay caught. And, and, and it can hurt. Oliver Moore is, is kind of the same way. You, it's usually the way hockey goes, speed versus muscle. And the idea of him being, him idolizing Crosby is terrific especially because he wasn't a big guy. Did he talk about that? I mean, this is not – Bedard's not coming in like a giant. He's not 6'4 like Mario was. He's been asked about the size, but uh, he doesn't seem to personally uh, be too worried about it, and I don't think the Blackhawks are either. Um, while he is on the smaller side height-wise, um, he is extremely muscular. Um, just looking at him um, at the NHL Combine uh, last month, or a couple months ago, um, it was uh, he was one of the strongest guys there, without question. Um, and, and just looking at his quads is, is pretty amazing. So uh, I don't think there's really too much worry about uh, strength or weight. Um, it's just more learning how to play as a, a smaller player up against bigger guys. And that is going to be part of the learning process for him, adjusting to the NHL. That's going to be a little bit different than what he's experienced in junior hockey previously. But... Um, uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big issue because he's not light. I mean, Lucas Reichel coming in the past couple of years, um, one of the big issues has been that he's uh, his lightness, that he's maybe not as strong as the Blackhawks would like him to be, despite all of his skill. I don't think they have that same concern with Bedard. He's, he's pretty strong for his size. All right, Ben, short shifts, put the puck in deep and hit him. They don't like that. Okay, ready, go. And thanks for your time. Ben? Yeah, thanks for having me. Ben, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was just Didn't mean to startle you there. Coaches pep dog, short shifts, put the puck in deep and hit them. They don't like that. That's what they say. That's I, I get it. Right? I hear you. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times, talking Blackhawks. And um, and I, I, the pressure, I think the kid will handle the pressure. I think Bedard will will welcome and he performed look he's performed he's got captain written all over him he's performed at every level he's he's performed to the point where you heard ben describing that you show up at three in the morning at a hotel and people want your your autograph and all of that that's he's nuts the star stuff and he's again he's not even 18 so and and the way he sounds the way he's conducted himself the way he's comported himself all bids well bodes well for the blackhawks and and that would be terrific. Now, can you play in the NHL? We're going to find out. I know. We're going to play a game with Mike Esposito next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. It's the Steve Rosenblum and Mike Esposito 4th of July extravaganza on 670 the score. Caesar, I appreciate you having Russ Matera do that, but when does the extravaganza? When we're at nine thirty, we're closing in on almost being done with this at eleven o'clock. We'll hand it over to Mark Grody. So, Caesar, when do we get? When do we get the ganza part of this? I thought we are in the midst of it. Are, are we not in the midst of the extravaganza? It's happening oh, right we're before play your eyes. Second Steve. hour of playing games with Mike Esposito. <laughs> I'm Steve Rosen. Movies, Mike Esposito. We're in for Mullane Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 
Well, like I said, Grody will be here at 11. We will talk with Mark, and he'll take you up to the Cubs game. Today, the Cubs continue their series against the Brewers. Pre-game at 235, first pitch 310, on the score and the Infinity Cubs radio network. Also, did you know you can hear Cubs games on your smart speaker? Just tell your device to play 670 the score. Okay, we're going to play a game with Mike Esposito. You're going to play make-believe, Mike. And, Espo, you're, let's make believe that you're... You're a parent of three child, children. Okay. Okay, let's let's make believe. We'll go way let's, out into fantasy land for that one. Yep. We're not going to fantasy land. Let's say you and, um, I don't know, just for, just to fill in the blanks, your wife is named Stacy. And <laughs> we're just going to make that. And you have three kids. Okay. And so this is, you know, are you with me with this fairy tale scenario? I'm with you. I, I feel I'm just it. making gotcha. this up as I yep. go along. Yep. And let's say you... You know, your kids are school age, and mm-hmm. you live in, I don't know, Arlington Heights. Okay. Let's, let's say you live there. I'm with you so far. Let's say your kids are in the Arlington Heights <laughs> school district. They are. Or neighboring school Maybe. districts. Let's just, yep. let's just go along. They're okay? right there. Can you work yep. with me on this? I can. I, I think I can be flexible enough to, to fit that into and, our storyline. And story let's line. say a professional football franchise worth... $5.6 billion. Mm-hmm. We'll call them just euphemistically the Bears. Mm-hmm. And they come to say your town, which we, in this scenario, we made up a, a, a village called Arlington Heights. Okay. That you and your fake wife and fake three kids live in. <laughs> and you're trying to educate them. And this football team worth $5.6 billion says it wants to put up this smashing big new gorgeous football stadium and and downtown area and just an entertainment district mm-hmm. and, and big and and glossy and we're going to have lots of things. we're going to have wrestling here and Taylor Swift here and and football here and and do all that and there's going to be people living here and there's going to be offices and and restaurants and mm-hmm. people will eat our famous Arlington Heights food I don't know if we made up a place called Arlington Heights, we can make up good food there, right? So we have all that. And let's say, again, for make-believe purposes, you're the father of three children. Mm -hmm. And this football team says, we're going to do all this. And they say, okay, we're going to tax you at a rate that says you're going to do all that. And then this football team says, no, we we don't want to do that. And the school districts say, wait a minute. Property taxes are where we, how we fund our school districts. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to make our, our kids dumber? And the, this football team euphemistically just will make up a name, the Bears, and they say, "Well, we'll pay our fair share. Only except we want cost certainty. We want a cap on it, which means they won't be paying their fair share. And by the way, kids will become dumber because of the football team." So let's say in this scenario, you're the parent of these school-aged children. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about that? I am conflicted in our fantasy uh, uh, scenario here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, listen, I get I get the Bears trying to make the best deal they can for themselves. I get it. It makes sense. It's what teams do. That's why they hired Kevin Warren. That's what he's doing 
He's a, he's a, do you think he's a hypocrite? Do you think he's a hypocrite? Do you think he's lying? Why do you think he's saying these stupid things? Did he walk into this clown college or did he create it? I am guessing, guessing only, that when, because he was, when, when the Bears bought the land for the 200 million or whatever it was of, of the old racetrack, he was not there. And I'm guessing he came in and saw what was going on. And especially as they started talking about taxing and dollars and what it was going to cost the Bears, he said, no, 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 no. This is how we did it in Minnesota. And this is how I, these are the things I want to do. And as your new president, this is what we are going to do, right? Mm -hmm. So, but listen, I mean, do I think they're going to Waukegan or Naperville or whatever? I mean, no, I don't. I think it's all part of the theater of getting this done. But as a par- as you said, as a parent of school-age children in the school system, you certainly want them because if the Bears don't pay those taxes, guess who pays them? Yeah, the Espositos. Yeah, ex- exactly right. We, <laughs> we, do, we do not need more taxes, I can promise you, in Arlington Heights. We, well, okay, we, so doesn't that – okay, two things are happening. One is – you would be shouldering, you as a parent, all the parents would be shouldering a greater burden of the property taxes or the greater burden of education in terms of property taxes. When you look at this corporate welfare that the bears claim they, or the bears want and think they should get, and they want to cap on that. And can you go to the, can you go to the Arlington Heights or the, the, can you go to the, the assessor and say, I want to cap on my, I'm, on I'm, my, Property taxes, too. I'm eagerly awaiting uh, my next property tax bill because that's where we get to see what they've done to us uh, in the last <laughs> last round of assessments. No, listen, I, I, I understand why the Bears are doing what they're doing. I understand they want to build all of this stuff on there. I understand all the money it's going to bring into the area. I am actually for all of that. I'm excited to see what eventually gets built there and go check it out, right? You actually want this in your little burg. I do. Quiet little village. I am far enough away to where it will not geographically or traffic wise or whatever. Right. I mean, I'm I'm a few miles north and east of of where the state where the racetrack is and where the stadium will be. Right. So I'm curious to see. You don't even have to venture on 53, which is just going to be a miserable experience. Nope. If I wanted to walk there, it would take me about 20, 25 minutes. If oh, I you wanted would. to, most people, you so yeah. you're going to rent out your lawn. I, well, my lawn is, is, I mean, if people want to park that far away, <laughs> they certainly are welcome. Well, to, 25 minute walk is going to be better than what they'll spend in traffic down there. It's oh yeah. If, if you got a bike, it's a 10 minute. I mean, it, it'll be, in my opinion, it'll be wonderful for the area. I get the downtown business owners and cause there is a wonderful downtown Arlington Heights with restaurants and bars and there's a theater and all the other, you know, downtown stuff, right? They're wary slash against this for obvious reasons. They don't want it uh, infringing on their businesses. In my mind, it's it's almost like two separate things, right? If you're going to downtown Arlington Heights, you're going to downtown Arlington Heights. This would be a mile and a half to two miles away, and it's a different type of thing, right? It's the entertainment district thing as opposed to the downtown thing. And if you're going to do that, if you're out in the northwest suburbs, you're five minutes away from the Woodfield area anyway. You can drive down there, right? I mean, it's the same same idea, right? What I don't want is for my tax bill, for my funding of our schools, which is 
part of the reason why we live there, right? Because the schools are great and we're happy to pay said taxes, but I don't want to pay more taxes because the Bears are paying less taxes, if that makes sense to you. I hate the Bears for doing this. I've seen SAT scores in this state go down for six straight years, five straight years, and we're waiting on the sixth. And the threat of making people dumber, and the Bears are hoping people are already stupid enough to give them what they want. And I think teachers are the most underpaid, underappreciated, and most important people in America right now. And the Bears seem to have no problem. Like, oh, we're here. We're it, it is the NFL mentality of, and the NFL mentality now is this. We won the toss in life, and we've elected to receive. And that's what they do, and all they do. It goes up. The McCaskies have never struck anybody as a smart business family. This is not, this is not like the, what the Roonies have done in Pittsburgh. This is not even close to that, the way they've managed things. They, they've been kept, they've become more valuable because they're in Chicago and more valuable because people in the NFL who do know what they're doing have raised the NFL's True. point, the, the, the focus, the, the, the value, all of that keeps going up. And the fact that they're barging in, why am I more upset than you? So here's the I'm, thing. And I'm I, more apoplectic about I've, education than you are. I know. I've tried to remove myself from the day-to-day of this, thinking that, you know, big picture-wise is what I'm trying to focus. I mean, I get it, right? The Bears don't want to be taken advantage of by Cook County and the taxing, various different taxing boards or whatever. I don't even know what they're called. Where all of this comes from, right? All right, Bears pay this, Bears pay that, whatever. They don't want to say, oh, well, we, we just bought this land. We're building all this and... You know, take what you want from us, basically. I understand they don't want to do that. I also understand. Then don't say we're going to pay our fair share because they sound like people who refuse to pay their fair share, Kevin Warren. that Well, and that's my, that is my, because a texter points out from the 317, shouldn't that have been one of the first questions they asked is how much the property taxes are going to be before they bought the land, Again. which yeah, you would think, yes. <laughs> Not this. You would think. And maybe Not the smartest pencil in the role. And maybe when Warren came in and he he questioned how all of the previous yeah. uh, stuff was done, and now he's taking a different uh, track to kind of get this thing to the finish line. But right, there's plenty of money in this for everyone, right? Including the schools, including the Bears. The Bears are going to make more money than they ever have. They don't own anything down here. But that apparently is their their elitist expectation. We've won the toss in life. We expect to receive, so, and we're not going to pay anything. And then, and then the question, my, my question would be, and in some of these cases, and I, and I, maybe this is you know old timey, uh, old fogey thinking is, in some of these cases, isn't it the public good? Right? I mean, the Bears can still make tons of money, and they could all still be super rich, while sharing the wealth with the surrounding area, the surrounding schools you know, the neighborhood that you're going to be in, that your entertainment district is going to be in, that your stadium is going to be in, right? Is that, or is that too pie in the sky idealist that doesn't I, I'd be happen all for that. You, you, you want to build that? You want to build that dream scenario? You want to, I, I said a couple of weeks ago when this first came up, three, four weeks ago, first came up, Kevin Warren, I sided with him on the idea that when the lands, when nothing's going on, I mean, they're demolishing it because they expect something to go on. They expect something big, but they're not, Realizing income from it. Okay. I can I can negotiate a tax break when you're not making the money. But 
to give you cap a cap or cost certainty mm-hmm. on your property taxes later on when this is the bonanza you think it is, that's crap. That's you're you're a hypocrite. Don't tell me you're going to pay your fair I, share. I I agree. So there's a bunch of tax rolling in, and uh, we should certainly point out that uh, our guest line, no, our listener line, our listener line. Sorry. Sponsored by Busey Bank, the Busey Bank Score Hotline, building business, growing wealth since 1868. We've got a ton of stuff coming in on this, and I get it, and I actually agree with this. The Bears should not be taken advantage of. In other words, as well, one texter them. points out, you know the, the uh, taxes on the empty land are, are now triple what they were when the horse track sat there, yeah, right? The horse track wasn't doing anything. So... I agree. I, no, but I don't want to, the Bears to be ripped off in this scenario either. So don't. Uh, that is not at all my intent. My point is, is that in the billions of dollars that are going to be there, if if they pay for however it is as they build up, of course, if they're not making money from the land, you tax it whatever the value is as it's being built, and then as it becomes this entertainment complex, then you tax it at that level. But how do you cap that when you don't even know what it's going to be, right? I mean, that's the the other side of this coin. I don't want to see that. Don't make people dumber. That's our job right here on the radio. <laughs> That's Steve and I trying to describe tax code. This is what we're doing right here. Uh, have you ever been in a Turkish prison? No. Johnny? Ever seen a grown man naked? It's an anniversary of that movie. And, of course, there's sports involved in that. We would do it. At the top of the hour, we'll talk to my friend Bobby Pastrami. You may know him as Bob Schwartz. He wrote the book. He really wrote the book. Never put ketchup on a hot dog. It's 4th of July, and we're doing all the grilling and the hot dogs. And and we will talk to him. And the man who has formed and, and is spearheading the Hot Dog Hall of Fame after all these years, there is a Hot Dog Hall of Fame. I've only had like four hot dogs this weekend so far, so we'll have to add to our total tonight. And we'll see what's appropriate to put on it when we talk with Bob. And in the meantime... We want to celebrate a movie we all loved. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We got to keep your taxes low. Happy 4th of July. Or a good 4th of July. I don't know, after what happened last year, my experience in Highland Park was really hard to... I was not there, but just the experience, what we all did... Watching it and, and grill, watching the idea, watching what happened and watching it play out and glued to the television in a day where it should be, you know, grilling and outdoors and mm-hmm. friends, kids running around. And, and so it's really hard to say happy, but I wish a healthy 4th of July, maybe some introspection, maybe some human contact. That'd be good. Yeah. Get out there, enjoy your families, be safe. And uh yeah. Okay. I agree with what you say. And before we go any further, you mentioned Grody follows us, right? Yeah, we're gonna do crossover transition. We're gonna we're gonna do transition with Mark Grody. And and Grody an from now. Grody will take you into Cubs baseball. Today the Cubs continue their series against the Brewers pregame at two thirty five, first pitch three ten on the score and the Xfinity Cubs radio network, and you can hear games, Cub games on your smart speaker. Just tell the device, play 670 the score. Xfinity, Do it all the time. you say. X- Xfinity, you Xfinity. say. Xfinity. 
All right, so I believe it was July 2nd, 1980, but it was certainly a couple days ago. In 1980, one of the greatest movies of all time debuted. And Airplane had joke after joke after joke that you were just assaulted by. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't wait to see the movie because it was produced by the guys who did Kentucky Fried Theater. In L.A., there was a Kentucky Fried Theater. Mm Mm-hmm. The Abrahams and Zuckers, you see the directors on it, right? Yep. Written by director Abrahams. The Abrahams brothers and Zucker, and Abrahams and Zucker was the name of the writer. Not to be confused with Abrahams a Pruder. No. Of the film fame. And I saw Kentucky Fried Theater once, and it was just, it was all kinds of shtick like you saw in the movie, which why I couldn't wait to see the movie. But one of the scenes was in, um, in a courtroom, and the attorney Puts a, I can't, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't tell the story on the radio for fear of risking okay. injury. Uh, anyways, we don't want that. And no, we don't. So there was a wonderful sports turn. They broke the fourth wall in a way, um, but it was a wonderful sports turn in airplane that we don't want to miss a chance to play. Mm-hmm. And it was Kareem Abdul Jabbar acting. Mm hmm. As the the assistant pilot, right? Co-pilot, he was a pilot, yes. co-pilot, on, and this little boy gets a Joey. tour tour of the cockpit, and and there's Roger Murdoch, the character's name, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar's character's name, and this scene is just wonderful. Wait a minute, I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You play basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, son, but you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. You are, Kareem. I've seen you play. My dad's got season tickets. I think you should go back to your seat now, Joey. Right, Clarence? Oh, he's not bothering anyone. Let him stay here. All right, but just remember, my name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I think you're the greatest, but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense. And he says that lots of times you don't even run down court. And that you don't really try, except during the playoffs. The hell I don't. <laughs> Listen, kid. I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old man to drag Walton and near up and down the court for 48 minutes. <laughs> so true. And we have an 815 texture. You're exactly right. Airplane worked because of the straight actors who did comedy. You're exactly right. The material was great. It was outstanding. The jokes were good. And because they were delivered by like Robert Stack, as serious yeah. as it got, Leslie Nielsen, and Lloyd Bridges. I picked a uh-huh. hell of a week to right. pick the wrong week to give up glue sniffing. Striker. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and the the they played it straight. Robert Stack played it straight, and and Leslie Nielsen was a hospital. What is it? Well, it's a big building with patients and doctors and nurses. But <laughs> that's, that's not, not important. It's not important right now. <laughs> well, and and for everyone who knows, you know, if you're of a certain age and you you don't remember Bill Walton being a dominant basketball player, well, there's Kareem saying you tried dragging Walton and Lanier down the court every night, and it was, there you go. And it was true. All the criticisms were true. The fact that he went along with that was just 
just outstanding. And then there was the absurd, the, the silly jokes. that and, and for those of us of a certain age, <clears throat> quite the seniors, there was Mrs. Cleaver showing up yeah. in the movie. Talking jive, right? Is that her? Yeah. Excuse me, stewardess. I speak <laughs> jive. And Barbara Billingsley was it. They the the fact that they got she was a, she did the sitcom Leave It to Beaver, but most of them were serious actors. And it was just the the movie was wonderful. Just kept just kept firing line after line after line at you. And there's there's um, Julie Haggerty, and they're talking about the the Peace Corps. Yep. And she was they went to. Africa, and we went to Africa to to help modernize the country. She's showing, showing this women Tupperware. Mm-hmm. Save on your food bills. Stretch your food bills. Six three zero texter text in said the cream character was initially supposed to be Pete Rose. I've never heard that before. I had not heard that one. Is that true, or are you just lying? Don't lie to us, 630 Texture. We'll hunt you down. We have your number. The other the other funny part of this, and, and I'm sure this is true of a lot of people, I have not watched Airplane in, I couldn't even tell you, you the last time. You don't have to. We've done the movie. No, but here. I remember all the lines. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's funny. Yeah. Yes, it is. And everybody cheered in the theater when they punched the Hare Krishnas who bothered you at the airport. <laughs> in my theater, anyways. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back. It might be the greatest hot dog holiday, right? Today? Yes. Isn't that it? It has to be. What else would it be? You, you grill them, char them, you can boil them. So, Just and then, do and then you have to wonder about what you're allowed to put on them. And this is Chicago. We, we hew to that idea. I, and I, I will tell this story to Bob, but well, my, my son Jake, uh, I think, would, hot dog people would have a problem with him. We can discuss with Bob next. How you handle yep. a kid. That sounds like it's a, a tough one. The p- parenting book. All right. Uh-huh. My friend Bob Schwartz, he wrote the book, Never Put Ketchup on a Hot Dog. He'll be here talking hot dogs on the hot dog holiday. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito in for Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.